Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Welcome to the 50th anniversary show of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Along with your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Hey, Donnie. Happy anniversary, my friend. The end of season one, finally, on the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Finally, the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast has come to the end of season one. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, guys, so this uh, episode here is going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, we're celebrating a, a, a huge milestone. Uh, when I first started this podcast, I did not know if uh, I'd hit 10 episodes, to be honest with you. I did it kind of on a whim. Uh, we've got some clips that we're going to play uh, that we'll actually play at the end. We're going to talk about them throughout. Uh, also, in honor of uh, the celebration, Donnie and myself, Donnie has actually picked 50 of his favorite matches in all time. So basically what I mean by that is it could be any, uh, any, uh, any year, any promotion, what have you. And I have done the same. So it'll be interesting because 50 matches is quite a bit, 50 year anniversary, right? Or 50 episode, 50th episode celebration. It'll be interesting because that's a hundred matches. And I'm kind of curious if we've both picked chosen the same, any of the same, which I'm sure we have, but that'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Uh, and if we do, like, I'll let Donnie go first. Uh, I won't change mine. I'll just say, hey, you know, I had this one too or that one too or what have you. But if this is your first time listening to us, uh, we are on all major platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and the list goes on. Also, uh, Mr. Cage has his own podcast that he co-hosts and created. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir. If you're into gaming, if you're into movies, if you're into all sorts of other pop culture-related stuff, including wrestling, you can check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube and Twitch, which I co-host with Top Tier Brian and Jigsaw Just. Fantastic. And also, for uh, you folks that like to listen to different types of interviews, or uh, have a thirst for real news or politics, I do host the Red Pill Current News podcast. Special announcement there. Next month, the month of November, uh, we actually have a theme. And the theme on our podcast is going to be, I'm going to be interviewing. It's called November, the month of the stars. And basically, it's entrepreneurs, business owners, business people, business coaches who have been successful in their fields. And uh, I tell you what, we're getting a pretty great response 
already got quite a few lined up already, so that should be pretty exciting. Now, we do drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. On this podcast, though, we drop them every Monday and Friday. And let's see. So nothing. So I know a lot of podcasts, uh, when season one's over, when they go from one season to another, they take a break. Uh, we're not doing that. We're workaholics. Isn't that right, sir? We're not going to do it. That's right. We don't take breaks. <laughs> now, if you ever want to interview for this show, or if you'd like to ask Donnie or myself a question, you can always do that at Kentucky. 99 at yahoo.com ol kentucky 99 at yahoo.com all right so i'm pretty excited i tell you what to make it fair uh donnie why don't you go through your uh now mine i'm going to be honest with you guys mine's not really in any particular order they're just my 50 favorite matches but what i think is maybe you'll do 25 and then i'll do 25 and then we'll do it that way to make it fair what do you think I think it's a good idea. And also mine is in no particular order as well, because that's very difficult to do. <laughs> yes. And uh, also, <laughs> and also this, this was not an easy task by no means. And the clips that we're going to include at the end was no easy task either. So, uh, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. We'll talk a little bit about the clips in a little bit later, but uh, sure. Let's go with your first 25, sir. Oh boy. Drum roll, please. All right. So I have Brian Pillman versus Jushin Liger for the WCW light heavyweight title from Super Brawl 2. I have Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio for the J-Crown Cruiserweight title from World War III, 1996. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, last man standing match from Royal Rumble 2004. Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, it's true, it's true. WrestleMania 19. Ric Flair versus Vader from WCW Starcade 1993. Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Triple threat for the WWE Championship from WWE Battleground. Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 37. Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that is, versus The Undertaker from SummerSlam 1998. Cactus Jack versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell, No Way Out 2000. The Rock versus Triple H from WWF Judgment Day 2000, which was an Iron Man match. Sting, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham, and Ricky Steamboat versus Rick Rude. Larry Zabisco, Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, and Bobby Eaton from WCW Wrestle War. This was a uh, War Games match. Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 21. Bret Hart versus Diesel from Survivor Series 1995. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, Steel Cage match from SummerSlam 1994. Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon from King of the Ring 2001. Again, The Undertaker versus Kane from Fully Loaded 1998, the very first Inferno match. Then we have The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. This is a little bit of a cheat because technically it's two for one. WrestleMania 25 and WrestleMania 26. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bailey versus Sasha Banks from NXT TakeOver. Mickey James versus Trish Stratus from WrestleMania 22. 
this is a kind of an obscure one here for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Davy Richards versus Eddie Edwards. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 17. The Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian, also from WrestleMania 17. AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels versus LAX from TNA Bound for Glory 2006. And then to close out the, uh, the t my top 25, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe from TNA Lockdown 2008. So what I have to say, sir, is I think you copied off my paper. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I have a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. No, there are, you do have a couple, uh, not, not that many. You do have a couple though that are on there. Uh, first of all, uh, the, uh, Triple H versus Cactus Jack match. That's one of my favorite matches. That's actually one of the first ones I had on the list. Uh, that was actually, he retired Cactus Jack in that match. That was a retirement match. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so yeah, so pretty good taste there. Surprisingly, Mr. Cage. Wow. Awesome. And you went out of the bounds. You went out of uh, WWE. I'm very impressed. That's awesome. Yep. Okay, so let's start off with the, I'll start off with my uh, top 25. And the first one on there is probably my favorite. So, yeah, that one probably is in order because it's the first one I thought of, the first one I wrote down. And sitting here and thinking of these matches took a bit. And then researching, like, what year and <laughs> what program they were on took a little bit longer. But, you know, we've got it. And the first one is the 1996 WCW Bash at the Beach. Hulk Hogan revealed as the third guy of the NWO. The second one was finally, after all this time, we finally got to see The Fiend. And he faced Vin Balor at SummerSlam 2019. Uh, <clears throat> these two, on number three, have wrestled quite a bit over the years. However, in, in my opinion... This is the best match they ever had. It was called the Chi-Town Rumble. It was in 1989, Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, uncensored WCW, 1999, Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn. That is the first time that I thought to myself, Chris Jericho is going to be a star. That was a fantastic, and Perry Saturn was no slouch either. That was a fantastic match. Uh, no Way Out. I think we heard this one, maybe. Uh, 2001, Three Stages of Hell. Uh, Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin versus Triple H. Or WrestleMania, 1996. Shawn Michaels, first time ever winning the gold, winning it all against Bret Hart. 1999, WWE Backlash. <laughs> Stone Cold versus The Rock. Uh, 2001, Survivor Series. Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin's alliance with the team of Booker T., Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, and Shane McMahon took on the WWE loyalists, Chris Jericho, Kane, Big Show, The Rock, and The Undertaker. That was a That's when uh, WCW first went out, and uh, you had the alliance between WCW and ECW and Stone Cold Betray. I, it was great. It was great. Uh, any of these matches, we recommend on both sides. Uh, 2012, Extreme Rules match. Uh, John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. That's when Brock Lesnar literally beat the hell out of John Cena, and it was great. Loved it. Uh, 2002 Survivor Series. The first ever Elimination Chamber. Uh, Eric Bischoff's creation. 
It was Triple H versus Rob Van Dam versus Shawn Michaels, Kane, Chris Jericho, and Booker T. And Mr. Shawn Michaels won that match. Uh, nineteen uh, Number 11, 1989 Halloween Havoc Thunderdome cage match. Ric Flair and Sting with Ole Anderson versus the Great Muda, Terry Funk, and Gary Hart. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to say any more. Uh, number 12, 2018. Dominion 6.9, Kenny Omega finally, finally, finally defeats uh, Okada and becomes the IWGP world champion. Uh, 2015, WrestleMania, Hell in a Cell, Undertaker loses his streak to Brock Lesnar. Uh, 2000, No Way Out, Triple H retired. Oh, we just talked about that. <laughs> uh, 2008, uh, WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. And Ric Flair, Ric Flair's retirement match. And I still say to this day, that should have been his retirement match. Who will ever forget when Shawn Michaels mouths, I love you, before he knocks him down? I, I, that's how he should have retired. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say I agree. Yeah, uh, that was just awesome. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, John Cena versus uh, Seth Rollins, Royal Rumble, 2015. Uh, Okada versus uh, uh, Hiroshi. That was a great match. Wrestle Kingdom, uh, number 10. I, I could not remember the year on that. I apologize. Sting versus Vader, uh, Starcade, 1992. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express uh, in Wrestle War, 1990, versus the Midnight Express. You talk about a great tag team feud back in the day. Uh, say what you want to about Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. This was a great feud with the Rock and Roll Express back then. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle, Lockdown, 2008. Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon, WrestleMania. Loved, loved that match. Uh, finally, we got to see two guys who were battling out in court uh, actually take it to the ring. Uh, number 22, Johnny Gargano versus uh, Ciampa, NXT TakeOver, New Orleans, 2018. Great match. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. Uh, Unbreakable, 20, uh, 2005. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania, heard that one before. And then my last one to round out the top 25, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks at All Out in 2019. There you go, my friend. Great, great list there, Kentucky guy. Definitely a couple that I forgot about, honestly. Yeah, I actually didn't go into like the uh, MLW or anything like that because I don't know how many fan, how many audience members we have that actually watch those or GCW. So I tried to stick within the three, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so before you get into your next twenty-five, uh, the first episode uh, that you guys are going to hear uh, at the end of this uh, podcast is going to be the first episode. Uh, that I ever did on this podcast, of course. And <laughs> so, uh, and I, I've talked to Donnie about this earlier, uh, going back and listening to the first couple episodes, uh, <laughs> and keep in mind, I actually uh, had been hosting and created and hosting uh, the Red Pill uh, current news podcast for probably six months before I did the wrestling thing. and. <laughs> these two episodes are so bad 
<laughs> you, you would think that uh, I was a complete novice uh, on the mic. I mean, they're as bad as the first couple episodes of the Red Pill Curtain News podcast, uh, which I had no training or no no idea what I was doing. I just was fed up with the things that I seen going on and got on a microphone. But uh, yeah, and you, and it's before I got any equipment. Uh, <laughs> I just I think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. Uh, it's before I started really editing, uh, so there's <laughs> there's a there's a lot of stuff in there, man. And uh, Donnie, I swear to God, if you start laughing uh, when you listen to it, I'm going to kill you. So, so basically, it's like any other episode. Aha, <laughs> aha. But no, seriously. Uh, and also, you know, and it's not all it's not all bloopers, guys. Uh, we have a lot of great guests on there. Uh, some people that I actually forgot about. Do you guys remember uh, Christian Reeve, uh, who used to be a co-host? Well, we called him that. Uh, he pitched in on Mondays and uh, did everything, uh, you know, went over the uh, statistics and everything, but he got too busy. And uh, some of the people I actually forgot, Boogie from uh, Block Talk, I was actually on their podcast before he came on ours and or this podcast. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of things I forgot about. Uh, also, I can tell you one thing, Mr. Cage, before you start on your next 25, uh, listening to those before you came to the show and after, I have to say, my friend, you have helped change the dynamic of this show to the better. And I can see why uh, we're getting more listened tos now more than ever on this podcast. And I do really, really appreciate all your hard work and everything you bring to the table. I know I I know I mess with you a lot, but in all honesty, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Kentucky guy. That that just makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. I mean, I mean that uh, sincerely. And this is this is so much fun. And you know, when you first told me, approached me about the concept, I was on board right away. And you know, this, this has been a great experience. And you know, fact the the fact that you came up with this idea was what was so great. And you know, our dynamic just gets better and better every episode. Yep, and uh, we're looking forward to the next fifty. Let's go. But, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and hear your next 25, sir. All right. Well, next 25s are, uh, twi- 25 are doozies. So we have Brock Lesnar versus The Rock from SummerSlam 2002. This was The Rock's last match before he started to become a full-time Hollywood star. He did come back briefly in 2003 to feud with Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and Goldberg. But then he disappeared again and basically became a full-time actor. We also have the Usos versus the New Day from Hell in a Cell 2017. These two teams have wrestled each other a ridiculous number of times. And quite honestly, today when they wrestle, I get so tired of it, it's not even funny. But this was an amazing tag team match, and it was inside Hell in a Cell. Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. These two, of course, had a much more famous feud in 2008 years later, much more personal feud, but this was an awesome match on what was already an amazing card. Then we have John Cena versus Rob Van Dam from ECW One Night Stand 2006. This was that match where every time Cena tried to throw his t-shirt into the crowd, it kept getting thrown back at him. 
people would flip obscene gestures at him. They would curse him out. It was uh, it was an electric crowd at the Hammerstein Ballroom that night. Next, I have Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins from Hell in a Cell 2002. And this match, of course, is remembered for the fact that Cody worked the entire match with a completely torn pectoral muscle, had bruising on the entire right side of his upper torso. I don't know how this man got through the match, but I gained a new level of respect for Cody Rhodes watching him wrestle this match. The next one, this is a little bit of an obscure one, but I tell you, you need to seek this match out if you can. Brian Danielson versus Katsuhiko Nakajima from Ring of Honor Glory by Honor 7. And the reason this match is so important to me is because I was there live watching it in uh, Philadelphia. And it's my first Brian Danielson match that I ever saw live, and I became an instant fan of his. Then I have uh, actually two back-to-back matches from the same card. John Cena versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 23, and Batista versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania 23. Then I have Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair from Bash at the Beach 1994, Hulk Hogan's debut match in WCW. I have Ricky Steamboat versus Rick Rude in their 30-minute Ironman match from Beach Blast 1992. Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page from Halloween Havoc 1998. This match was still Goldberg's best match of his career, in my opinion. Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper from WrestleMania 8. This is a really underrated gem, and this was when Bret was just starting to break out into becoming a single star. Chris Benoit versus Diamond Dallas Page from Super Brawl 8. I have the Belfast Bruiser, a.k.a. Fit Finley, versus Lord Stephen Regal from WCW Uncensored 1996. Stephen Regal, uh, William Regal, I should say, actually suffered a broken nose in this match, a legitimate one. Randy Savage versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania 8. Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 1991. This is Bret Hart's first ever Intercontinental title win. Mankind versus Triple H from SummerSlam 1997, a steel cage match, the end of which saw the the transformation into Dude Love. Ken Shamrock versus The Rock from King of the Ring 1998. This was the tournament finals that year. Cactus Jack and Max Payne versus the Nasty Boys in a Chicago street fight from Spring Stampede 1994. Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome from ECW One Night Stand 2005. Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero from Starcade 1997. Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio from Bash at the Beach 1996. And last but not least, this one's really from out of left field. The Great Muda versus Jushin Thunder Liger from New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1996. Man, you know, I forgot uh, all about that one night stand pay-per-view. There was a lot of great moments in that. It felt like an authentic ECW show. The, the greatest thing from that whole show, in my opinion, is when Paul Heyman came out there and got on the mic, and he absolutely ripped Edge, uh, JBL, Eric Bischoff, everyone. Told JBL that he'd have never been champion, but 
Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesdays. I mean, it was great. <laughs> he also he also made the infamous "Hide your wives, it's Edge" joke. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Matt Hardy, yeah, he said, "Edge, I've got two words for you, Matt Hardy." Yeah, uh, man, good times, man. And I tell you, uh, one of the things hearing some of those matches you're reading <clears throat> kind of has me pumped up a little bit because I think we're entering into that golden age again. Uh, the way that WWE is going, so. Uh, yeah, just can't wait. What a time to be a fan. Okie dokie. So let's, what, what was that? Sorry. No, I said for sure, because you've got so many great workers who are in the wrestling business nowadays. Ah, yes. And before I move on and do the, uh, my second, uh, 25, top 25, uh, we, on the last episode, we were talking about AEW. And I had made a statement, which was a true statement at that time, that uh, the people involved uh, in the fallout after All Out in the uh, locker room, CM Punk, uh, Steel, uh, Omega, the Young Bucks, what have you, one of those uh, persons uh, actually was suing the company and for something. Now, I didn't have all the details, still don't. However, that lawsuit has been ended. I don't know how it ended. I don't know if there's a payoff or what, but that is over with. Now, no word on CM Punk whatsoever. I haven't received anything. I did receive word that uh, his best friend, the still guy who supposedly bit Tony Omega, <laughs> Kenny Omega, uh, he has been released. He is no longer with the company. And I have got confirmation that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega will be back on TV for AEW in the very near future. No word yet on CM Punk. Have you heard anything else, uh, Mr. Cage? I, I mean, other than rumors, you know, there there's some rumors. The, the latest one that I read was that there is talk. This is, keyword is just talk, meaning rumors, hearsay, that AEW might be trying to, to buy out the rest of Punk's contract. Uh, that is not confirmed, so please take what I'm saying with a pinch of salt. But I will say that if they do end up going that route, it's probably for the best. I like that. I like that a lot better than the rumor from the dirt sheets that I've been reading lately. Because <laughs> what, what I've been reading, and, I, and I've heard that too, what you just mentioned, but here lately, what I've been reading, and once again, this is just rumors around the water cooler, okay? This is not facts or anything like that. Everything else I just told you about still being released, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega coming back, you can mark it down. That's facts. Come from a great source. Uh, so, yeah. This here is just a rumor. <laughs> I heard that one of the options Tony Khan was kicking around was bringing CM Punk back uh, backstage, and working as a like an executive, have you heard anything about that, uh, Donnie? That's my first time hearing that rumor. Yeah, I actually read that on the Bleacher Report, believe it or not. But they also said, just like we did, they made a clarification that. And you know, I noticed Dave Meltzer since he uh, made a couple mistakes there on uh, on Alex or Black and uh, Murphy that he's been <laughs> he's been kind of throwing that in there as well now. Uh, you know, it's just a rumor, not for sure, because he was so, as a matter of fact, on those two things, and he was dead wrong. So, 
anyways, just wanted to fill you guys in. Anytime we get some news that uh, go kind of goes hand in hand with our uh, with something we've already reported, we want to bring you up to date. We want to keep you informed. So, all right, so let's get back to the celebration. Here is my bottom twenty-five. No particular order. Number twenty-six. Uh, America's Most Wanted versus Triple X. And that happened at Turning Point in 2004. You talk about a great match. You talk about a great tag team uh, who I think is very, very underrated uh, is uh, James Storm, America Most Wanted. I, I think that was a great team. Uh, they did hold the uh, the Impact titles forever, but I really think this team could have went somewhere else and really made it an even bigger splash in the world of tag team wrestling. Uh, the next match, Ric Flair uh, versus Terry Funk at uh, the Great American Bash 1989. You talk about a bloody, gruesome match. Uh, there's nobody like Terry Funk, but maybe maybe Mick Foley. But he was just, he was a maniac. He was younger back then, and it was just, it was fantastic. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9, uh, Shinsei Nakamura versus Koto Ibushi. That's a strong style match. <laughs> if you guys like hard hits and things like that, I highly recommend it. Uh, number 29, the Wyatt family versus the Shield in the Elimination Chamber, or no, at the Elimination Chamber pay per view in 2014. And uh, I mean, I, do I have to say any more? <laughs> uh, Ric Flair versus Sting, Clash of the Champions. And that was right after the Four Horsemen actually kicked Sting out. A lot of build-up to that match. It was very good. Uh, Jay White, Wrestle Kingdom 2021, when he beat Koto Obushi for the title. Uh, many of you, if you don't know who Jay White is, uh, his nickname's The Sling Blade. He's actually the current leader of the Bullet Club in New Japan, and sometimes he shows up in uh, Impact and AEW, but he's mainly New Japan. Number 32, uh, from NXT TakeOver Toronto, DIY. Johnny Gargano and Ciampa versus The Revival, which you know him now as FTR. This match, the ending of this match was great. They had these guys, <laughs> they had these guys in a, uh, like a Boston Crab, both of them, Boston Crab, and they would hold each, <laughs> they held each other's hand from uh, tapping out. I, I, th I thought it was great. It was something that, We'd seen before, but not in a very long time and not on that level. And I, I, I just, I really enjoyed that match. Uh, number 33, Cody Rhodes versus his brother, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Double or nothing, 2019. Uh, we've already talked about this one. Uh, Bailey versus uh, Sasha Banks, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I tell you, the reason why this is probably on both of our lists is this is when, I, in my opinion, uh, Sasha Banks became the boss. Like she became legit. Uh, back then, uh, during this time, Bailey was a baby face. She did the wave and had a little girl in that. And Sasha made the little girl cry. I mean, it was great. It was a good match. Uh, <clears throat> number 35, Ric Flair versus, uh, oh yeah, Ric Flair versus, uh, Terry Funk again. That was at Clash of the Champions. That was a great match too. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. SummerSlam uh, 2002. That's when uh, Triple H uh, turned on Shawn Michaels, told him there wouldn't be any uh, before the match. There was a lot of buildup. Uh, Shawn Michaels wanted to bring DX back, and 
He turned against them and what have you. It was an unsanctioned match. It was great. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Man, I miss Eddie, especially when I started writing this match down. Uh, versus Brock Lesnar. No Way Out, 2004. Sting's Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. WCW Wrestle War, 1992. The Four Horsemen versus the Superpowers. And the superpowers were the road warriors at that time. War games uh, on in 1987. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Uh, this was for the uh, heavyweight championship in 2015. And that's when Seth Rollins cashed in his money in the bank. Probably one of the best cash-ins I ever witnessed in my life. And speaking of Seth Rollins, I will actually get to see him this Sunday. They're coming to a local town here in Kentucky, and uh, my daughter and myself are going. It's called a Sunday Stunner, uh, but he's going to be there. Ronda Rousey's going to be there. It's, it's amazing, the card that they've got lined up. So to be, oh, Braun Strowman. I've not seen him. I've seen Seth before. I've never seen Braun Strowman in real life, and uh, he's such a big guy. I remember the first time I ever seen Kane at a wrestling match, and when Kane fell down, it's like he took uh, half the, half the uh, wrestling ring. <laughs> he's so big. So uh, I can only imagine what Strowman looks like in real life. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, once again, this was a fantastic match. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. It was for the mask versus the title in 19, uh, 1997. Uh, just, just an amazing match. Uh, if you guys remember, not long after that, uh, he started call Eddie started calling himself Dominic's Papa. <laughs> Acting like Dominic, uh, Dominic was, uh, you know, Dominic's actually been around wrestling, like on t- television. That I just realized that for a lot of years, hasn't he? A lot of years. Do you remember that when? Uh, yeah, yeah, dates back to two thousand five. I remember when the two of them were feuding. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy. Uh, and then uh, number forty two, uh, MJF versus Darby Allen. Uh, that was at Full Gear in twenty twenty one. That was a heck of a match. Heck of a match. Uh, Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, ECW Hardcore Heaven, 1999. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Triple H. Uh, and that was the last man standing match at uh, Fully Loaded in 2000. The Fiend versus Brian Danielson, Survivor Series, 2019. Great, great match. Great match. Uh, the Fiend ended up winning in the end, but... I tell you what, Daniel Bryan was very, uh, very impressive in that match. <clears throat> One of the greatest matches that were that was talked about around the world, not just in wrestling world, but sports world everywhere. And this was in 1987, WrestleMania three. Hulk Hogan slams Andre the Giant. That was great. Uh, Eddie Guerrero's first ever WWE world title uh, in 2004 versus JBL. Probably one of the best feuds I have ever seen in my life in AEW so far. Uh, And I know they've had quite a few of them, but this is probably the greatest feud. I wasn't going to include this guy because I do not like him at all, his actions, but he had one of my favorite wrestlers that he wrestled with in this match, so I had to include him, and that was MJF versus CM Punk 
the dog collar match at Revolution uh, this year in 2022. That the lead up to that match, the feuds that these guys had, uh, it was the greatest feud I've seen in a very long time, and they did it very well. WrestleMania 26, Chris Jericho versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship, and then the last match, uh, number 50, was the Bash. 2009, Rey Mysterio uh, for the uh, <laughs> against Chris Jericho for the uh, Intercontinental Title versus his mask, and that was a that was a match and a half. I mean, that was great. They did get the mask off of him, but Ray, being as smart as he is, even back then, he had another mask underneath it. So uh, I thought that was really something else. All right, sir. So that tops off my 50 as well. Any thoughts? Uh, some great choices. Again, a couple on there that I hadn't thought of. or uh, I mean, I do still have vivid memories of some of those matches, but a couple that I, you know, that I hadn't thought of at first. Particularly that last one. I forgot that Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho fought for the Intercontinental title in 2009. Yeah, um... Uh... <clears throat> Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ray lost the match, but uh, <laughs> actually, Jericho actually retained the title through a disqualification. So you can't really say Ray lost, but Jer- Jer- uh, Jericho did rip his mask off. Uh, you know, he was a heel back then. He ripped it off, and yeah, Chris uh, Mysterio had one underneath it. Uh, it was great. It was great, great, great. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's 50 matches uh, from both of us. So you guys got 100 matches today of uh, our thoughts on what we, throughout the years and our wrestling experience in our old age uh, that we think is, uh, you know, the top of the top. I did a little quick research uh, after I came up with my uh, 50 because I didn't want to cheat. And I just wanted to see if anybody put any kind of list like this uh, on the Internet. And, uh, wow, there's all kinds of them. There's top 100, top 250. I'm like, oh, I like, I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> I was like, I'll look at it after. So I'm going to look at it after the show, uh, after I post this, uh, episode because, uh, I didn't want to cheat, but, uh, wow, I could not believe, uh, how many people actually have these kind of lists out there. I thought, uh, here I am thinking I was a genius coming up with this idea. Everybody and their mom's doing it. I'll tell you what we should do in a future episode, Kentucky guy. Not saying come up with 50 again, but come up with a list of some of uh, what we believe are some of the worst matches ever. <laughs> matches that, uh, like, as you always like to say, make you want to throw the remote at the TV. Either, ma- either make you want to throw your remote at the TV or, or, or just double over for, in pain because you're laughing so hard. <laughs> like every one of Drew McIntyre's matches. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Uh, yeah, well, oh, oh, what, oh, what's that? Looks like you have a knock at the door <laughs> at your door. Oh, it's a Claymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I thought about uh, uh, maybe uh, that's a great idea. And, you know, this is the type of show where we want to spitball ideas like that. I was actually thinking that uh, maybe we could do an episode where we talk, uh, we give our, like, top 10 or top 15 uh greatest promos and then worst promos 
Oh yeah, that, that is all. That is also a good one. Well, for, well, I mean, if we're talking about worst promos, then it's got to be. It's got to be every single one of the Ultimate Warrior promos, because you know that when I start cutting a promo, all the warriors and all the gods and all the muscles in the veins of the warrior. He was champion. Can you believe they let him beat Hulk Hogan? <laughs> he was champion. I'll never get over that. This guy was, uh, and then they brought him back in WCW, and uh, they act like he was going to beat Hogan again uh, when Hogan was doing the uh, NWO uh, stuff. So, yeah, he he was horrible. Uh, somebody come to my mind when I'm thinking of the worst is uh, uh, he's he's better at him now, of course, but uh, Roman Reigns. Oh, man, I'll never forget him and John Cena uh, standing in the middle of the ring. It was on a Raw, <laughs> and John Cena tells him, he's like, you know, this is part of your job. You're going to have to learn how to do this. <laughs> I think it was in that same promo where Ro- Roman went on some sort of rant at one point, and John Cena said to him, oh, congratulations. It took you five years to cut a half-decent promo. Now I'm gonna bring you. Now I'm gonna bring you back into my zone and show you how it's done. Yeah, and I mean, when you go to battle on the mic, if I was ever ever do a promo and do like a battle, I would never want to go up against John Cena or The Rock. And I'm not a huge Rock guy, but on the mic, he's so quick witted. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was watching some old uh, videos the other day, and uh, when a uh, Booker T was champion, and him and uh, Booker and The Rock had a feud going on, and the Booker was with the alliance with uh, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> and Rock, Rock just absolutely obliterated him, called him Little Booker, and <laughs> it was great. Yeah, so many fond memories. And honestly, today... One person that I would, there are two people I would never want to be across the ring from trying to do do a promo with. One of them, ironically enough, is MJF, and the other one is Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, you know Kevin Owens. He's uh, of course MJF, but Kevin Owens. I, I didn't even think about that. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, especially when uh, you're on the list, when you're next. So uh, he was very uh, very good at promos as well. Still is. I mean, he still is. But uh, he's more, uh, oh, what do you call it? He's more devious now, you know? He'd rather uh, stab you than <laughs> make fun of you. But, yeah, I tell you somebody else who is a fantastic wrestler. He's been world champion for 12 or 13 times, but he is horrible on the microphone. Uh, I've always said that. I always, I always felt that he needed, like, a... Uh, not Paul Heyman, but like a Paul Heyman, a, a, a voice for him, and that's uh, Randy Orton. I never did like any of his promos. Loved him as a wrestler, just not, none of his promos. That's why I think it worked so well with Riddle, because Riddle, on the other hand, is very good on the mic. What do you think about Orton's promos? And Randy Orton, to me, has always been very hit and miss on the mic. He is better on the mic when he's being booked as a heel. Because he can say pretty much whatever he wants. He can talk back to the fans if they're booing him or, or they're just showing disinterest or whatever the case is. But he also has that really monotone, dry delivery that never, ever changes. And, you know, uh, 
we talked about everybody, but probably one of the best promoters uh, right now in professional wrestling, and that would be Bray Wyatt. Keep forgetting he's back, but man, I wouldn't want to go against him on the mic either. Uh, him or Ric Flair back in the day. Your thoughts on that? Oh, I definitely agree. He's a great promo. And uh, I know sometimes he has a tendency to speak in riddles. That's kind of the part, the point of his character. I, I, I felt like they got away from that a little bit when they changed him over from being the, the cult leader to the Firefly Funhouse slash Fiend character. And now we're, now we're seeing a, a new incarnation of him, which might be a combination of all of his previous personas. Um, but yeah, he is great on the mic when he's given a chance to really talk and and get his point across. Um, and then, uh, oh, the, who was the other one you were just mentioning? Rick. You said Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair. Well, I mean... I mean, come on, one of the greatest promo cutters of all time, dirtiest player in the game. I mean, you just, there's very few who can who can compare to Ric Flair. Ric Flair was the best promo of his generation. Yeah, so, and that reminds me of something, and we'll go ahead and uh, uh, wrap it up. But uh, when I was going through the clips uh, for this podcast, and you guys will hear this, <laughs> on it was actually Mr. Cage's second time on the show. And, <clears throat> and I'm talking about Ric Flair and how disappointed I am on his, how he looked for his last match. And Mr. Cage speaks up and he goes, well, hold it right there, Kentucky guy. I got to disagree. With you. <laughs> I thought that was great. I was like, this is this dude's second time on the show. <laughs> and he's jumping right in there. So. Yeah, I just I, I thought that was super funny. I can't wait for you to hear it. I I remember I do remember that too. I I, I was like jumping in, coming to Ric Flair's. The, come on, he's the dirtiest player in the game, the sixteen-time world champion. How can you say that about Ric Flair? He can do whatever he wants. He's Ric Flair. <laughs> and uh, actually, that match happened uh, before, like the episode before you. I actually I think that was your first. That might have been your first. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was your second time. But uh, the match happened like three three episodes before uh, you actually joined the show. And uh, I was sitting there and I was listening to, uh, I put a clip in there, me talking about that actual match, uh, Ric Flair running out of gas and, and all that. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there thinking, man, Mr. Cage would eat me alive. <laughs> he would have been on this episode hearing how I'm trash talking Ric Flair. So. Yeah. So, guys, I hope you guys, uh, Donnie, do you have anything else for the audience? No, that about wraps it up, I think. Yeah. So, once again, guys, thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us on our 50th episode celebration. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, not a lot of news, wrestling news. We wanted to kind of uh, do a casual Friday kind of thing here for it being the 50th episode. We'll get hard at it on the next episode. We'll cover everything that we didn't cover like we normally do today. And uh, we just want to say thank you. And uh, we look forward to the next 50. And you've been listening to Against the Mat, our wrestling podcast. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.
All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Yes, we did it. We did it. I've talked about it. Yes, yes, yes. We have done it. Uh, we have started a, another podcast. We still have the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And uh, so I'm very, very excited to this. Uh, give you guys a background if this is your first time listening. Uh, be sure to check out our other podcast as well, the Red Pill Current News Podcast. But, uh, yeah, so I'm the Kentucky Guy. I'm your host. Uh, very, very happy to be here with you all. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I have grown up to know me and to know my platforms that I'm on. You would think that I was just a news political junkie, right? Well, I have grown up uh, watching wrestling um, all my life. Uh, even as a youngster, very, very young, uh, I can remember some of the best memories I have of my mom are her and I. Uh, she actually is the one that introduced me uh, to uh, uh, the world of wrestling. And uh, some of the, like I said, some of the best memories I have with her sitting on the couch uh, watching uh, Buzz Sawyer, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm just a baby. But, uh, you know, I remember those guys, Tommy, Tommy Wildfire Rick. Um, so basically, um, you know, it, it, holds a, it holds a close place to my heart. Now, do I watch it religiously like I used to? Uh, no, it's just not possible. Um, but I do uh, catch every, uh, every WWE uh, pay-per-view. Um, uh, I belong to the Peacock uh, premium thing. Um, I do catch, uh, try to stay up to date on AEW. So I might not watch it the exact day. Like I might watch Raw, which comes on on Mondays. Uh, I may watch it on a Wednesday or Thursday. You see what I'm saying? I, I still watch it, but I don't have the flexibility to uh to watch it um to watch it you know when it's when it's showtime plus i hate commercials anyways <laughs> so uh commercials on tv they just they drive me all right and welcome to the against the mat against the mat wrestling podcast yeah i got it right Woo-hoo. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome. It is Monday, a beautiful Monday here in the great state of Kentucky. I am the Kentucky guy, and uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. And the reason why I made that little joke there is because uh, I've, if you only knew uh, how many times I had to redo the uh, Red Pill podcast on Saturday, because uh, <laughs> I kept calling it Against the Mat podcast, and then I made that mistake earlier, and then uh, I'm just rolling with this one. MJF was going to show up or not yeah because he actually uh he blew off the uh the fan fest they call it and uh he he didn't show up so therefore when he made his entrance there were people uh cussing him and and saying all kinds of you know derogatory things to him oh he did show up and and wah 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 so uh so yeah so there's a lot of questions uh i've got a bunch of myself uh surrounding mjf and what what's going on there's a lot of stuff going on backstage that we just don't know. We don't have the answers to, and nobody's really talking. Uh, after after the pay-per-view, as you all know, uh, Tony Khan usually does a uh, post-show like most, most companies do. Uh, actually, WWE doesn't do it, but I think New Japan is the one that started that. I really like it. Uh, it's, it's with the interviews, uh, mainly with uh, the winners. WWE kind of does it now, you know, the Raw talk, SmackDown talk, and yeah, okay, I can't say they don't do it any now, but uh, 
They didn't. They followed suit. Your host, the Kentucky guy, glad to see and talk to everybody. Uh, also very excited because I have my brand new co-host with me today. Uh, yes, he will be the co-host of every Monday episode as long as uh, schedules don't conflict. And that is uh, Mr. Christian Reeve. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very excited to finally do this. Um, it's been a long time coming that I've been wanting to do a wrestling podcast with someone. And um, it's finally happened. So it's kind of a dream come true, really. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and I have too. And uh, we got, I got such good feedback the last time you were on the show. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, amazingly. Uh, and I tell you what, these fans... <laughs> Well, I say amazingly because... <laughs> he expected me to be terrible. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, normally, it's very hard to get fans to, uh, to send emails or anyone oh. that listeners to send emails. And oh, wow. uh, one thing that I've created with this group, I actually started it on the other podcast, the um, uh, Red Pill Current News podcast, is I wanted to build more like a family atmosphere so I've actually got these guys uh, to where they'll answer emails and, and send emails. One thing I do do is, uh, I just said do-do, by the way. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, one thing that I do is uh, I respond to all emails and I keep their addresses because I want that one-on-one -on -one relationship. But yeah, I got uh, probably 20 emails uh, you know, saying, saying how good of a job that you've, uh, you were on the last show. Everybody today. Uh, yeah, we, so I want to hear a big round of applause for Boogie. He is the co-host of Block Talk. That's B-L-O-K-K-T-A-L-K. That's the podcast that I was on a, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, he's took the time out to join us. So uh, let's hear for Boogie. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for having me on here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Uh, so, uh, Boogie, I know that you, uh, that you are the co-host of uh, Block Talk, but uh, I know you do some other things. If you want to go ahead and give us a little bit of background on, on what you're doing, sir, that would be fantastic. Yes, sir. So, uh, again, my name is uh, Boogie. That's my nickname I've had since uh, high school. Uh, so me and TJ, my co-host, we run a business. It's a Cement Block Productions. You can follow us on Instagram at cementblock underscore productions, TikTok Cement Block Productions. And, uh, yeah, we just make, uh, you know, commercials and stuff like that to help out small businesses grow their social media platforms. That's fantastic. And I know that you have a YouTube channel as well, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Cement Block Productions right there. You can find uh, pretty much almost all the episodes of Block Talk on there with the exception of, I think, two. But most of the episodes of Block Talk are on there. And then if we get a customer, we tend to post their content. But we have videos. We have shorts. Uh, please make sure to go like, watch, and subscribe to everything. Yeah, awesome. And, yeah, I'm a subscriber to the YouTube channel. There is uh... a... <laughs> killer stuff on there uh these guys as i've mentioned on previous episodes these guys are hilarious i mean it's just uh by the way boogie i do want to apologize i know that your heart's broken that the uh golden state warriors <sighs> uh the uh, boston celtics how do you uh, feel? yeah it's it definitely was heartbreaking man i know I, i'm quite i'm quite surprised i thought out of the two of us i'd be the more so you'd be the more controversial one but it's seeming like i have the more controversial opinions so i don't know maybe this would be funny <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, we'll see um, as time goes on. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so especially when we get to the 10 best and 10 worst wrestlers, I can't wait to get there. Oh, but before man. We... I've got bone to pick with you that. Uh, also on a podcast uh, this week, 
uh, Montez Ford mentioned in an interview that if uh, the street profits were to split up due to, and the way he put this was, due to a draft uh, change, like if one of the, if they got separated due to one being drafted to SmackDown or Raw, vice versa, right? Uh, that he has the WWE World Championship in view so, soon. So I believe that he will be a become a singer, a singles competitor, singer, a singles competitor in the very new near future, very near future. Um, they they're doing a ton ton of hype over him. Uh, he's uh, over the new physique that he's got. Uh, don't forget that he's married to the current Raw's women's champion, uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be big though. I think he's gonna he's gonna uh, really really um, do some things and be singles competitor very soon. Reports and rumors around the water cooler. Our first one, booking Liv Morgan's uh, reign as WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, so with Liv Morgan uh, having been on the main roster, uh, I found out for like five years. Uh, and in the development system for a lot longer than that, it appears unlikely that uh, after a while that she would ever get any type of gold in the singles division on the WWE. Uh, there's an opportunity right now, though, however, to make Morgan a massive star on SmackDown uh, on how popular she is already. Uh, the following five bookings, bookings steps would ensure her reign uh, is as per pros- uh, <laughs> as profitable uh, as it has the potential to be. Far too often, uh, WWE does book its champions to lose on television and look weak in the process. I never did understand that. I've seen Charlotte lose, uh, Charlotte Flair lose on television to like someone like Nia Jax. Uh, I never, never, I don't understand that process. Uh, the mindset tends to be uh, that if they're holding a title, then their credibility can't be harmed. No, that's... So today, I'm very, very happy and excited uh, to welcome a special guest, uh, Mr. Uh, Kim Cunningham. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. All right, man. Hey, uh, if you don't care, uh, Kim, if you could uh, maybe tell us, uh, the audience, a little bit about yourself, that would be great before we get started. Okay, um, I'm 13. I live in Maryland. I'm a big fan of wrestling. I started watching it in 2016. My friend, um, Josh Sean, showed me it. And my, the first match I saw was um, Dean, Ambrose versus, Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles on SmackDown. And, yeah. Man, you were broken in the right way, dude. That's awesome. Uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, John Moxley now. So, uh, what's your um, who, who's your favorite wrestler right now, I would say? Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a prediction on Rey Mysterio, and I want to see your thoughts on it. Okay. I, I think at SummerSlam, uh, when Rey Mysterio and Dominic go against Judgment Day, I think Dominic is going to turn heel on his dad. Uh, please help me welcome today's special guest, 
He's a comedian and the host of No ID Podcast. Let's give a huge warm welcome to Jerome Davis. How we doing, sir? I'm good. How you doing, Kentucky? I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So again, welcome to the show. Uh, Jerome, can you tell the audience maybe just a little bit about yourself before we get things started? Uh, yeah. Uh, for the single ladies out there, I'm an Aquarius. I like long, so I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> comedian and podcast out of, the, of Norfolk, Virginia. I host the No ID Podcast, um, which you can catch uh, on any streaming service available. So you can also check out my comedy as well, too. Uh, and no ID media TV on YouTube as well. So definitely, um, you guys let me know what you guys think and like, share, comment, subscribe, rate, tell a friend. Yeah, absolutely. I got a chance to uh check some of your stuff out, and uh, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, <laughs> some <laughs> uh, guests that you've had on your podcast are uh, hilarious, man. Um, uh, the two ladies in a in a what you call it. <laughs> 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 that uh that kind of threw me for a loop i listened to that episode and i thought that was hilarious man i thought he did a great job there but i've got a special treat for you we have a special guest today he's a former professional wrestler and he's also the host of buzzing with marlo uh the podcast everybody a warm welcome for mr warren marlo hey i appreciate it Kentucky guy. i appreciate it hey sir how are we doing today I'm doing well, man. Um, I know we're in two different areas. It's finally sunny in Florida right now, so they can't go wrong today. <laughs> We've had so much rain here in the great state of Kentucky, flooding oh, uh, all around. Thankfully, though, uh, the area I'm actually in is not a uh, not as bad, but shoo, man, all around us. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Warren, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining the show. If you could, uh, for our wrestling fans and our uh, audience out there, if you could give a little bit of background about yourself, that would be great. All right, guys. If you don't know, I was the American Prodigy. I wrestled for six years on the independent circuit. Um, I had to basically stop wrestling. I'm not going to say retire because, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm coming back for one. But um, – I had to stop wrestling due to a neck injury and a concussion protocol. Um, and one other reason also because I was about to have baby number two and I was just married. So pretty much, you know, the wife probably had a little bit of more of a saying into this one. But yes, um, also I started a podcast basically from um, covid Obviously, anybody knows anything from podcasting. Literally, COVID's probably when podcasting literally just erupted. Uh, started right around then. Um, just wanted to try it. Just kind of like even like how I just did with wrestling. I just wanted to try it to say I did it and then fell in love with it and got super hooked on it. Uh, same thing about podcasting. Um, I, t I talk from pro wrestlers, uh, guys that I've been in the ring with, uh, um, authors, movie producers, movie directors, actors, actresses, motivational speakers, you name it. We talk about anything and everything. Um, and it's just a good, good time, man. So, so uh, on Ric Flair's last match, we had the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, and they actually fought the Wolves. Uh, if you remember, I still don't understand the Wolves because uh, – <laughs> They're on opposite ends of the spectrum uh, on the show Impact. 
that they both wrestle for. So it makes zero sense. It doesn't matter anyways. The machine guns, as predicted by me, uh, did defeat the Wolves. And I seen that coming. Uh, you know, Alex Shelley, uh, those guys, Chris Saban, they're phenomenal. Uh, I know that they will be challenging very soon uh, for the TNA uh, Impact World title. Uh, and that's fine. These guys have fought each other before plenty of times, and they still come together, and when they do, man, it's just right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then you have Karrion uh, Cross, uh, and uh, he fought uh, Smith, Davy Boy Smith, uh, and uh, Cross defeated him, uh, as I predicted. Oh, yeah, two for two on that one. I need to get all these out because uh, – I surely didn't do that well on on SummerSlam. <laughs> All right, and then we had, uh, let's see, we had uh, the representative of the Four Horsemen, which was Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr., and uh, they fought Ricky Morton and his son Morton as well. Uh, and the Four Horsemen, as predicted, beat them. Yeah, let's hear it. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's three in a row. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, and then we had the four-way dance uh, where you had uh, the former Ring of Honor world champion, uh, Gresham. Uh, you had uh, Angels, who used to be a part of uh, uh, Dark Order back in the day in, on AEW. Uh, you had uh, Takeisheta, and you had Wayne. I actually had Angel pick to win this. However... He was the one that got pinned, and uh, the winner of this match was former Ring of Honor World Champion uh, Grissom. So that was a pretty that was a pretty good match. The match that stole the show, in my eyes, the match that absolutely stole the show was the four way dance between Ray Phoenix, Bandito, the Kid, and Terrace. That was a match and a half, and I think that was the best match. Out of the whole, out of the whole thing, and uh, I did pick Ray Phoenix to win. Uh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers, and guess what? He won! Woohoo! Yeah! Thank you, thank you. And then we had uh, Alexander Jones, and he fought uh, Fatu. Um, I actually had Jones to retain the title. He kind of did, but they both were disqualified. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, they both were disqualified. Uh, so I really can't count that. Uh, and then we had the New Age Von Erics, and they fought the fabulous Briscoe Brothers. I had the Briscoe Brothers to win, and they did. Very, very good job. That was a great match as well. The Briscoe showed that they are the baddest, the baddest uh, tag team around. Now, you guys can say that uh, FTR is better. Pooey. I don't, I'm not buying that garbage. No. I'll take the Briscoes any day. Any day. So, that's just me. And then we had the uh, a three-way dance for the uh, Impact Knockout title, the women, the female title. And uh, as, as I said, uh, Gracie, she did defeat them, uh, both of them, to retain the title. Uh, I did not know that uh, Miss uh, Ellering was Paul Ellering's daughter, though, the former manager of the Road Warriors. Uh, that shocked me. I had no idea uh, that's who she was. Uh, she should 
maybe play off in that a little more. Uh, she's too nice to be Paul Ellering's daughter. I mean, come on, man. You need to get rough and tough if you want that title. You need to, you know, scratch their eyes and, and you know, uh, cheat. And then we had the last match, uh, Ric Flair and his son-in-law in real life, Andrade, and they faced Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, this match, it started out okay, but to be honest with you, the last 20, 15 minutes to 20 minutes uh, was pretty painful to watch. It was actually uncomfortable there for a little bit. Ric Flair, you know, they started chanting, uh, you still got it to Ric Flair, and uh, <laughs> no, you don't, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you just don't got it no more, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, you're 73, you've paid your dues, right? Uh, you used to be the dirtiest player in the game, and, uh, you know, that might be me now. Uh, but, yeah, you, uh, you know, I mean, you went out the way you wanted to. Two, uh, some exciting news, all right? So we do have uh, uh, Don Mattingly on the uh, line with us. He is the brand-new co-host of Against the Match Wrestling Podcast, and also uh, he's the creator and co-host uh, of the Uncaged Voices podcast that you can find on Twitch or any other platform. Hey, Don, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome to Kentucky guy. I am so happy to be here. This is this is great. Yes, and uh, we've gotten to know each other through the uh, technical issues. <laughs> so, uh, I was, I was going to say the third time is the charm. We tried Riverside. We tried, we tried Restream. Now we're trying Anchor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically, folks, uh, what we're trying to do is uh, we want to move into, uh, I, I think Don uh, agrees with me, I, I believe that the podcast, uh, the video podcast, is going to be the way of the future, and uh, we're trying to move in uh, into that area. But Don, since this is your actual first time, it's not the first time we've recorded, <laughs> but your first time on actually live on the show, uh, can you go ahead and give us uh, the audience a little bit of background about our new co-host. Happy to. My name is Don Manigley. Uh, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. On Instagram, I actually go under the handle uh, Donnie Cage two two three, inspired by my favorite video game character. And uh, I started the Uncaged Voice podcast a little over a year ago. Uh, it had a different name when it started out, but as every uh, podcast goes, things evolve over time. And I have two other amazing co-hosts. One of which is. Uh, Top Tier Brian, who hosts the podcast currently on his Twitch channel. So definitely follow him, especially if you are into gaming. And, you know, me, I am a Philadelphia born and raised guy, and I, I love film and media and sports and especially some wrestling. All right, so let's get to our special guest today. I would like a big warm welcome uh, to the show, uh, ex- He's an executive director of Autism Rocks and Rows Corporation, uh, Mr. Sam Mitchell. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. But, yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan myself. I love it since I was six. Well, that's fantastic, man. Uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, Sam, go ahead and uh, uh, give the uh, audience, since this is your first time here, a little bit of background about yourself. All right, so what I do is I run a podcast on autism, on autism, and it's about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. I ran it since October 2019. I've had big guests on the show, such as Dr. Temple Simon 
and professional wrestler Mick Foley. But I've had other wrestlers, actually, like Rob Van Dam, Raven, and Al Snow. Oh, but wow. It's been a big hobby of mine. I learned it since I was six. I found it like any other fan, really, just scrolling through the channels because I have nothing on TV. But little did I know, Monday Night Raw was on and fell in love with it. Wow, that's amazing. And you've had Rod Van Dam and Mick Foley on your show. Uh, man, you're going to have to, after this show, you're going to have to tell me your secret. That's fantastic. So uh, one of the things I want to start off with, if that's okay, is uh, I'd like to actually talk about, uh, and I know we've talked about this before, or I've talked about this before on this channel, uh, but uh, there's been new things that popped up, and that's Ric Flair's last match. So this week, as, as most of you are probably already know, Ric Flair had his last match a couple weekends ago uh, at StarCast 5, and that's good and well, and it's over with and what have you. Uh, but this is the first time that we've heard from Jeff Jarrett uh, on his show, on his podcast actually, uh, My World. And it's the first time that we've heard from Ric Flair uh, on his podcast since since his last match, which is To Be The Man's podcast. Uh, do, you, do you follow any of those, Donnie? You know, I've not had the pleasure of listening to Jeff Jarrett's podcast yet. I'd be curious to hear it, though. I'm, all, I'm always a little interested in hearing what Wild Slap Nuts has to say. <laughs> he, uh, it's very interesting, and he has uh, Conrad Thompson uh, is his co-host, who is Ric Flair's uh, uh, son-in-law. Son-in-law, yep. Yeah. So on the show, um, on, on, on Jeff Jarrett's, we'll start with him first because this was the first show to air, uh, and I think it came out on Tuesday. So on the show, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Conrad Thompson both acted uh, like Ric Flair's last match. Every bit of it was a work. Like Ric Flair faked it all. At the end, when he was when uh, Andrade had to help him out, uh, they act like it was all a work. Now, if you watch that match like I did, there's no, there's no way that he was faking that. I mean, he looked gasped after the first 15 minutes. Would you agree? Kentucky guy, I have to stop you right there. First of all, this is Ric Flair we were talking about. The dirtiest player in the game. The man who understands the business, the ins and outs of it better than anyone else. Okay, pal. Ric Flair has always had a talent for getting the crowd to believe everything that he does inside that squared circle. So I have no doubt that everything that you saw at StarCast was a part of the show and was a work. All right, buddy. So I've got you. You should have might have let me finish <laughs> because the next day, the very next day on Ric Flair's podcast with the same co-host, Conrad Thompson, uh, he admitted on his own podcast, his own words, that during the match, as I suspected, he fainted twice in the match. And as I said and, 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 and suspected, Andrade did have to help him up and get him, uh, he was just out of it, and place him so he could deliver the knockout blow to Jeff Jarrett. You know, I'm going to tell you something before you comment on this. Uh, sir, uh, Ric Flair used to be one of my favorite wrestlers, but after seeing him 
after that match, stand there on the microphone with Tony Schiavone and cry like a little bitty baby. He's not even in my top 20 anymore. Ridiculous. I'm done with him. Final match of the night, okay? There are special referees holding Riddle's hands up, walking down the ramp. The lights go out everywhere. And then people in the audience, which is so cool that they just they just went ahead and done it. Uh, they started lighting up their cell phones and the fireflies. The fireflies filled the arena. And we started hearing Bray Wyatt singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Michael Cole, <laughs> it's so great. that This is this this is this was amazing and they did it at the perfect time i was disappointed i thought it was going off the air michael cole says to Corey graves uh cory are we still are we still live and then a light pops up and it shows huskus the pig and the crowd's going crazy i mean they're going nuts i mean i this is one time in a long this is the first time in a long time that i actually wish that i was at, at the arena myself but they go crazy and then on the other side, uh, another part of the uh, the auditorium, a light comes on, and there's Mercy the Buzzard. And these aren't the puppets. These are people with these costumes on. <laughs> uh, and, you know, <laughs> then uh, Corey Graves and Michael Cole, the light shines on their desk, and there's a mask, a fiend mask, on their desk, and it scares the crap out of them. They jump and that. I mean, they played it beautifully. And then a light shines on the other side of the ring. And oh my goodness, there is Abby the Witch. And right next to her is who I thought at the, at the time was the Fiend. And it was the Fiend, but it wasn't Bray Wyatt dressed as the Fiend. We'll get to that in a minute. And then it shows the Rambling Rabbit. And I'm sitting here and I, and I am eating it up because I have thought for a while now that they were going to bring those characters to life. And there they were. And then it goes and it shows an old, dirty, full of cobwebs, fun house. And there's a TV screen there. And the TV screen has like an odd interruption with someone in a mask on it. Uh, like they're trying to uh, break into it. Like it's trying to show them. It, it reminded me of uh, that group uh, Anonymous when they used to do interceptions back in the day in the programs and the news and stuff. And so it shows that for a minute. None of this, this is all timed perfectly. It's like watching a movie. And then an illuminating blue light starts shining behind this door. Now, at that time, I didn't realize that the, it was actually paying respect to the late Brody Lee, which is pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. But then a man walks out and we see a lantern in front of him. We know who it is. <laughs> we know who it is. Bray Wyatt. He's got a different mask on, but that's not his character because he rips that mask off and reveals that it's him. And he only says three words. I'm back. I am back. And he blows the lantern out. This is one of, if not the best return, uh, wrestling wrestlers returning to the shows I've ever seen in my life. If it's not, it was perfect. If it's not the best. 